Gentlemen, you are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach. I'm the founder, host, and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. Glad to share it with you. Hope it continues to be a blessing. If you're new, welcome. If you're not new, if you've been with us for a while, awesome. Glad to have you. Um, hope that we find more and more opportunities to connect with you and share the gospel message. Uh, share the truth of our situation as sinful men uh, who are chasing after God's own heart. Um, our job here at the Gird Up Podcast is to help young men reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. We hope that we can do that, and we do that with the help of our sponsors. Today's show sponsor is Pastor Mike Novotny and his new book, Three Words That Will Change Your Life, The Secret to Experiencing the Joy of God's Presence. Those three words that will change your life, God is here. That tiny little sentence can change everything. Truly understanding God's presence is like is the key to more happiness, less boredom, more rest, less rush, more love, less drama, more peace, and less fear. A deeply satisfying life doesn't require a sabbatical, a new career, or a New Year's resolution. As long as God is glorious enough and near enough, you can cast aside the cheap substitutes you've settled for and enjoy the life that is truly here and now. This book will help you to shake off the guilt and shame of sin and see yourself as God sees you. Find the joy he has been waiting to give you as you discover how three little words can revolutionize your relationship with God. Pastor Mike Novotny is a co-pastor at the core. He's the lead speaker for the media ministry Time of Grace, and he serves as the chairman of Conquerors Through Christ. Again, that book is called Three Words That Will Change Your Life, The Secret to Experiencing the Joy of God's Presence. Now, I got this over Christmas. I got a chance to read it and dig into it. It officially came out on January 7th. Um, You can go find it on Amazon. It's an excellent read. Uh, Really helps kind of read frame and redefine who we are, where we fit in the story, um, and what's truly important. Um, And those three words, like you said, incredibly powerful words. If we really, truly understand it, it will change the way we see not only our daily lives, but the way we see everything and all of eternity. So go pick it up. It's worth the read. Um, it really, truly is a good book. I wouldn't advertise for it if I didn't love it, if I didn't read it. In fact, I didn't even start recording advertisements for it until I had finished it um, because I won't advertise for something I won't, ind- I can't endorse, and this book is excellent. So go get it. Go read it. It'll be a, it'll be a if nothing else, it'll be a great bolster to you spiritually, um, but my guess is it, it'll be a whole lot more than that. Uh, so go pick it up. If you would like to feature your own product or your own book or project or ministry on the Gird Up podcast, get a hold of me. Let me know. I would love to help you let the world know what's going on in the Christian world, particularly in our circles, um, helping men of God uh, reach other men of God. So feel free to reach out to me and we can get you on the podcast as well. Blessings. Enjoy the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, fellas, we've been digging through Men of the Bible. We just finished studying Gideon. 
Um, the first major judge, I would say, that's probably not accurate, but that's that's what I've said, so that's what I've said. Um, <laughs> anyway, we just finished studying Gideon, um, and now we're going to dig into the life of Samson. Now, um, there's one important thing to remember before we even start talking about Samson. The important thing we need to remember is that though there are only five or six stories about Samson in the Bible, and most of them have a negative connotation to them, Samson did serve for 20 years. Um, and he served, Scripture says, faithfully for 20 years. And for that 20 years, the Philistines didn't bother the Israelites. Um, so while we only have some basically negative stories about Samson, don't forget that he did serve Israel faithfully and that he did accomplish his mission of subduing the Philistines while he was alive. Just want to point that out before we get started. Uh, now, the... the um, the story of Samson is covered in the book of Judges, chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, so there's a little bit more material here than we have on Gideon. Um, uh, but we're going to focus today on chapter 13, uh, particularly at the beginning of chapter 13, um, the birth of Samson and the calling of Samson. Uh, so let's begin at Judges chapter 13, verse 1. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or any other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean, because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, set apart from, to God from birth. And he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me, and uh, he looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, You will conceive and give birth to a son. Now then, drink no wine or any other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean, because the boy will be a Nazarite of God. From birth until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, O Lord, I beg you, let the man of God you sent us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. God heard Manoah, and the angel of the Lord came again to the woman while she was out in the field, but her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman hurried to go tell her husband, He's here, the man who appeared to me the other day, he's here. Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, Are you the one who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, When your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, Your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or any other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, We would like you to stay until we prepare a young goat for you. The angel of the Lord replied, Even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. But because you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah did not realize that he was talking to the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, What is your name, so that we may honor you when your word comes true? He replied, Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. Then Manoah took the young goat together with the grain offering and sacrificed it on a rock to the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame blazed up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in a flame, 
Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell to their faces on the ground. When the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized that this was the angel of the Lord. We are doomed to die, he said to his wife. We have seen God. But his wife answered, If the Lord had meant to kill us, would he not have accepted a burnt off he would not have accepted a burnt offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things, or now told us this. And a woman gave birth to a boy named Samson. He grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him while he was in Manadan between Zorah and Eshatol. Now, the beginning of Samson's life is a pretty awesome story, and I would guess you've either forgotten about it or you haven't read it for a while, but it is a fascinating and exciting story. Because from the day his parents found out that they were finally pregnant, Samson was set apart completely. An angel appeared to his parents and declared that he would be a Nazarite, or a man set apart, dedicated to God. He was never to drink wine, never to cut his hair, or break any of the Mosaic laws. And if he did these things, he'd be the leader who delivered Israel from the oppressive hand of the Philistines. As we know from scripture, the Philistines were bad dudes. They were violent. They were often killing without need or reason, and they were oppressive forcing the Israelites to pay intense taxes and killing all the blacksmiths in the land, which meant that the Israelites couldn't even make weapons to fight back. More than once, the Philistines got so brutal that the entire nation of Israel fled from their homes and hid in the crags, cliffs, and caves of the hill country. Being the one set apart was going to be a big deal, and being Israel's deliverer was going to be a very lonely and dangerous task, so Samson's parents asked God for extra help in raising him. And we're told that the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. All of God's promises about Samson were conditional. His parents had to raise him right, and you can bet that they did. For Samson's entire childhood, the whole family followed God's law with a strict intensity that made other families look at him and shake their heads. Um, They carefully monitored every bite of food that Samson ever ate and every drop of liquid he ever drank. And they knew that their boy was special and that God had great plans for him. But Samson is not the only one who's set apart. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Paul says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You and I, like Samson, are men set apart for God, serving a unique and honorable purpose, to let our light shine before men that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. This calling includes all men of God, regardless of vocation or position. This is a life-consuming call. From long before the moment of your conception, the Lord has had a plan for you and a purpose in place, but there are conditions. The Lord expects great things from us and compliance to his commands. He, his law serves a mighty purpose, too. It keeps our souls safe from the assaults of Satan, from the world, and from our flesh, which war against us every moment of every day. To live as a man of God truly is a life set apart. I will begin each day in prayer, asking for God's protection, provision, and guidance for the day, and I will end it in prayer, asking for the Father's forgiveness. I will diligently study the Word, and I will rejoice in the opportunity to know that my Father, to know my Father better. I will walk each day in God's wisdom, listening to the sound of His voice. I will live a life set apart for service in the kingdom of God. Now we got to think about that. 
first of all, we got to think about obstacles. What are some obstacles that keep us from living lives set apart as Scripture commands? What are the things in your life in particular that keep us from living lives set apart as Scripture commands? I've shared with you in the past that um, technology is a big-time abhorrent, not what deterrent, there we go, a big-time deterrent for me. Whether it's watching TV, um, whether it's just spending too much time on social media. Uh, when I was a younger man, really struggled with pornography, right? It was things that were consistently drawing me away from my Heavenly Father, consistently drawing me away from life of service to the kingdom and to the people around me. Those things can't stay. Those have no place in my life as a Christian man. Maybe it's for you, it's work. Uh, I've had times where the gym got in the way, right? I was so dedicated to getting stronger and getting bigger, and that strength does serve me well, don't get me wrong, but it's not worth sacrificing uh, my relationship with my Heavenly Father, not even close. So what things stand in the way? What are some obstacles that keep you from living a life set apart as Scripture commands? Second thing I want you to think about is have your parents, because we talked a lot about Samson's parents today and the role they played in preparing him for ministry. So have your parents been helpful in preparing you for a life set apart? If they have been, think about how they did it. Have your parents been helpful in in preparing you to live a life as a man set apart by God? If so, what did they do? How did they do so? Um, And then I also want you to think, what role should parents play in such preparation? And if your parents did not prepare you very well for life as a man of God, I want you to reflect on that. I want you to speak some meaning into that and then take on, you know, what you need to do so that you are prepared to live a life of Christian service as a man. Finally, um, we got to think about ways that we can prepare ourselves to be set apart because when it comes down to it, it we can't control our parents. We can't control the lives that we've that we were born into. But we can't control what we do now, right? I do have the authority over my own life to say this is how I'm going to live from now on. So really, it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to make sure that we live lives of service to God. So what can you do? What can we do together to live out our calling as men of God? To live out lives set apart as light to the world. For me, I run a podcast. And right now I'm a teacher in a classroom. Right? Those are things that I do to live a life set apart as light to the world. I literally, as a job, do that. Now I know not many people can do that. There's a lot of people in the world who would rather not or just can't uh, serve God in that capacity. So what can you do in your daily life? Right? How can you live a life set apart? Um, I set apart an hour every morning when I wake up. Wake up at 5 o'clock. By 5.30, I'm squared away, ready to go. I go sit on, on the, uh, we've got like a three-season room on the front porch. Turn on, the, turn on the space heater and dig into the Bible for about an hour. Well, I dig into the Bible for about a half an hour. And I spend about a half an hour in prayer. Um, and a lot of times I'll post that on social media, what I'm praying about that day. Right? Those are important things. These are important things to do, and they are things that help us set our lives apart for lives of Christian service. So think about that. What can you do? What are some ways that you can better prepare yourself to live a life set apart? So again, the three things we're reflecting on today. One, what are the obstacles that keep you from living a life set apart? Two, what role should parents play and how did your parents do in preparing you for a life set apart? And three, what are some ways that you can prepare yourself to live a life that's set apart as light to the world? Let's pray about it, gentlemen. Father, in eternity, you planned our steps and chose us to be your own. You've orchestrated all things 
and have great plans for us, good works prepared in advance for us to do. Draw us ever closer to you, show us the paths to walk, and strengthen us to be light shining in the darkness. May men see the good things we do in your name and glorify you and guide our steps in the light of your word. Help us to live lives set apart, faithfully following you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.